Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 28, which is the episode for, let's see, Monday, because I am recording this Tuesday evening, quite late. Now, I really don't usually put it off this late, almost a whole day late, but this particular podcast I was recording, I did record actually, during my lunch period today, and then when I went to post it, somehow it got misplaced or disappeared, not really sure which one, but I didn't get back to it until now, but here I am recording this evening telling you about how yesterday, Monday, I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. And I am glad you are with me, whatever time it is, whatever place you are sitting or standing or riding or walking or running or commuting or whatever it might be. I'm glad you're here. So this week in my class, I'm continuing to teach about the creation stories, the Genesis 1 and 2 creation stories. And I'm putting it in parallel with another creation story, the the story that science tells us, which is big history. Now, as I tell my students from a Catholic perspective, as long as we believe that God created everything, we can look at the science story, the big history story, and understand that that story tells us the how God created and the Genesis stories tell us the who created and what it teaches us about ourselves, about creation, about everything. In other words, we get the how from the big history, the science, and we get the who, the why, and the so what from the Genesis creation stories. So in order to help the students understand how science can enhance our appreciation for creation and our celebration of the awe and wonder and beauty in creation or of creation, I um, found this book at the library and I I've, I've, was reading it just a couple paragraphs to my students. It's called How to Love the Universe. And it's by an author, Stefan Klein. Now, I'm not crazy about the title because I really think it is about loving the creator of the universe. We care for and respect and are in awe and wonder of the universe. But we only do that because of the creator. That's the primary and foremost relationship that we have. Our relationship with The universe, so to speak, is secondary. Regardless, I read this paragraph, one of the two, to my students, and it talks about whether studying a rose, the scientist studying a rose, if it would force the scientist to lose the poet's and the artist's appreciation of said rose. And the scientist says, no, no, not at all, because The more I investigate the rose, the more I appreciate it, and the more I am in awe and wonder of its creation and its beauty and its 
functionality. And the scientist then begins to ask more questions. And as those greater questions are asked, a larger and larger horizon opens up, which ultimately leads us back to the beginning. And the question that science cannot answer is what came before the Big Bang and how and why did the Big Bang actually occur? That's the extent of science's um, abilities to be specific and to be final and foremost and clear in its explanations. So I read another paragraph, um, and this has to do with water. Have you ever wondered where the water on this planet comes from? Well, I've read this elsewhere, that more and more scientists and cosmologists and astronomers and others are coming to the conclusion that the water came to this planet from space through comets and asteroids and other frozen water-bearing sources. And it was those that brought water to the oceans and the lakes and the rivers. So it, in this book that I'm reading of essays and reflections, um, the author writes this sentence, and I, I just love this sentence. Dewdrops from the cosmos moisten the leaves of the rose. Dewdrops from the cosmos moisten the leaves from the rose. So stay with me, if you will, through the break, and we'll unpack that beautiful sentence, and I'll share with you how that sentence reading it to my students yesterday was a God presence moment for me. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So back to that sentence that just caught my attention. Dewdrops from the cosmos moisten the leaves of the rose. So why I think this is such an elegant and majestic and even glorious sentence is because, again, it connects that cosmic, the dewdrops, which are so basic, so simple, so beautiful as we examine them on the rose. The source of those, the local source, of course, is dew and moisture in the air and so forth. But when you trace that back to the question of where did that moisture come from, well, it came from the cosmos. And what is remarkable about big history and what I think is so amazing, which gives me such awe and wonder about creation, is that everything, everything that exists within the universe was present at the Big Bang. As I told my students when we were talking about this, I said it's almost like a thousand piece or two thousand piece or one million piece puzzle. Let's make it big. A million piece puzzle. Like it's emptied out of the box and spread out on the table and the rest of the 13.7 billion years that we've had since the spilling of the puzzle pieces has been the gathering of those and putting those together. And as they are put together, more complexity and a larger picture emerges. 
What I think is amazing is to our knowledge, at no point were more puzzle pieces added from outside of the system. So it wasn't like suddenly another puzzle at some point gets dumped into the mix from outside. There was only one Big Bang and everything that exists was formed in that, even if those pieces and those parts hadn't yet progressed, combined, or were forged in the furnaces of the stars and the elements and life, etc., so forth, that all of those were there. So that rose, the parts of the rose, the carbon and the electrons and protons and neutrons that make up that carbon and the quarks at the subatomic level, all of that was there being moved and being formed and being created within the universe through the forces of the universe, gravity, electromagnetic force, and so forth. But it was God and specifically Christ because through Christ, all things were made. All of that was made through the power and the working of Christ within the universe. I just think that that understanding of the big story is is just so much more rich than just one story. Only science without God or only the literalistic reading of Genesis 1 and 2 without regarding and understanding and appreciating and accepting what science teaches us. We need both. And both with an open mind and an open heart and open eyes and the grace that comes from God, we can see how those two stories really weave together to create this beautiful, beautiful line like dewdrops from the cosmos moisten the leaves of the rose. So I got kind of big here tonight, but you know, you go big, right? Go big or go home. And I hope it has given you some things to think about. And I wonder where your experience of the bigness and the origin and the why and the how and how that leads through examination and study and learning, how it leads to the who and the so what. So what does it mean? How should we live? Who are we? Where are we going? How should we be going? And what is bigger than this is there bigger than this who is bigger than this this being everything that we see around us so i hope this reflection this evening for yesterday has given you some things to think about and maybe i hope as i hope with all my episodes maybe a little bit of some new ideas and if that's the case well thank god thank the presence of god for that. And I thank you. Blessings and peace.